Would you like someone new to talk to? Oh yeah, alright I'm feeling kind of lonely too if you don't mind Can I sit down here beside you? Oh yeah, alright If I seem to come on too strong I hope that you will understand Say these things cause I'd like to know if you're as lonely as I am And if you'd mind sharing the night together Ooh, yeah. Sharing the night together Ooh, yeah. Sharing the night We could bring in the morning girl if you want to go Welcome to Movie Left, a uh, movie review podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? What it is, what it is. Uh, I am here to review a Breaking Bad movie. <laughs> That's yeah. all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we are here to review El Camino today, uh, the uh, 2019 Breaking Bad uh, film that just uh, came out last week. Um, yeah, and we both watched it and, uh, you know, I, I thought it was incredible. I thought it really, so that's a first time for us to both have watched the movie we're going to be reviewing. So just have, hope yeah, everyone no, appreciates it's, it's that not, fact. It's, it's not, not typically, uh, what happens. We typically will just kind of like one of us will pretend we saw the movie and we'll kind of wing it and the other one will kind of, you know, try to guide them. But, um, yeah. no, we did or, both or watch just like movie. watch a bunch of YouTube reviews, but I won't actually watch it myself. <laughs> you know, I want to make sure I'm, yeah. I'm. Uh, you know, just regurgitating things that other people who did watch it have said. So, yeah. bringing our A yeah. game tonight oh, by having both. A- absolutely, it. yeah. No, we're 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 both a little fucking loopy. We just recorded like an hour and a half podcast on politics. So we're, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna for sure get into this because, um, I you know, I, I thought this was incredible. But let's let's talk about uh, briefly our our kind of feelings on the series uh, as a whole uh, because I I don't know about you, but I didn't. Uh, like most people didn't catch breaking bad you know when it first debuted i i uh think i watched the first couple seasons on netflix just kind of on a whim because i was like oh this is a kind of cool cover you know crazy fucking bald guy you know standing in his underwear in the desert with a gun in his hand um i wonder what this is about and i watched it and from the first episode i fucking fell in love like that first episode is incredible and it's incredible when you go and watch it back like which i've been doing recently how um how complete the series was from the pilot which is so rare for a tv show like just the characterizations of walt and jesse and skylar and hank and all these people you know who obviously evolve as characters as the show goes on but they were right in the fucking pocket from day one and that's really rare for a tv series for people to understand fundamentally Oh, yeah. who their characters are so early on well, which so is many, why i think it's considered such a you know beloved series yeah so many series don't really kind of figure out who, what they want to be to the second season anyway sure uh and, and even more so the pilot oftentimes is filmed entirely by itself and then maybe not get picked up for a year or two more after yeah. that so Way it might, before the it might look and feel very differently uh and i think this was kind of the pilot is kind of more of a comedy in some aspects than much more than you would say later in the show but uh you know it's it's almost like you know so vince vince uh Gilligan, who was the showrunner and 
wrote the bulk of the series and and sort of uh, was came up with the idea for it, he took over the X Files at one point and really didn't know what to do with it or didn't know how to end it. And X Files never really ended. And eventually, the the, the you know lead actors left the show because they were just got tired of doing the same thing, right? So I was amazed that Vince Gilligan had such a uh, great sense of how to end it, what he wanted to build it towards, where it needed to be cut off. Uh, at least initially, um, and and you can well, see that yeah. really well in the pilot because when Walt is is giving the the he's talking to the class about chemistry, you know he's talking about the the change uh, that, that takes place in a comic reaction. He's describing the the future arc of his character in that lecture on chemistry. If you go back and yeah. watch that, so it's 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 amazing that you can see that Vince uh, knew exactly where he wanted to go or had a very good idea about where he wanted to go with his show. Uh, and that's why you have like the, like the last three episodes of this series are all like, you know, perfect 10 star ratings. On IMDb. He, he, he had those in his head when he fucking started the series. Yeah. I think like he, he said, he's like, I had the last shot of the series in my mind when I started, I wanted to, the, the analogy he always uses is I, I wanted to take Mr. Chips and turn him into Scarface, like, which is what <laughs> he wanted to do with Walt, which is a you know a funny yeah. analogy, but, um, just in quick bit of clarification on Vince Gill, he was, he was a writer, director, producer on the X Files. He never actually was the showrunner. Chris Carter was the showrunner, and he ran that over, show to the ground. But right, like, but he right. So Vince Gilligan didn't uh, create. He, he learned the series. He was yeah, a writer he learned, who who basically wrote more and more episodes. And they were like, "Hey, you want to just take this thing over?" Um, he also learned a lot of what not to do from Chris Carter because Chris Carter has <laughs> never has there been somebody since George Lucas who has created something so amazing and just utterly murdered it so viciously in front of all of our eyes yeah. uh, than Chris Carter with the X-Files. But um, but no, yeah, so Vince Gilligan, you know, did uh, this is his first real big uh, studio project on his own, and dude just had this great story in his head, and, and it's amazing how quickly all of these, you know, parts came together uh, and how, how much he lucked out with people like Cranston and Aaron Paul, uh, Jesse, who you know, was supposed to die at the end of the first season, according to Vince Gilligan. And he just, I think he got him in there, you know, even for the audition. And it's just so immediately evident when you watch his audition tape, like that's fucking Jesse Pinkman. Like that's who he is in, you know, in, in episode nine of season five, like, you know, he matures, but like that's he, his character is there from the fucking get go. And that guy just absolutely, killed it to the point where he's like i can't kill this character off this character is the perfect balance to walter white this is the yin to his yang this is the this is the audience avatar this is the person we want to see succeed while walter continually uh continues to devolve and turn into this fucking irredeemable evil motherfucker that he that he you know becomes um we need somebody to root for. Otherwise it's just going to be a really bleak series and we're not going to root for the fucking cops. We're not going to root for like Hank, you know, he's not great in, you know, uh, in his own way, but uh, Aaron Paul, just like unbelievable for somebody who's, uh, as far as I know, had not done anything major before this is just knocks it out of the park. And it's amazing. Well, he had the corn pops commercial and he was on price is right, but well, yeah. he was on the price is right. <laughs> yeah. Basically as Je- young Jesse Pinkman, like screaming yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, bitch. Yeah. Oh, it's well, such a funny video. I don't know that Aaron Paul has a lot of range as an actor and you know, we have only seen him do a couple other things as well. There was like, they, there was a like really shitty heist movie. That he was in for like five minutes. I, I think um, he's got a lot uh, of range. I think he makes bad choices. Like, 
as a as a you know yeah, picking it's, picking it's, his roles unfortunately i think so too and if you don't have a lot of range you know if you're uh you know fucking what's his name from from game of thrones help me out who kit yeah kit harrington you know if you if you get typecast really young you kind of get screwed over. You know, Brian Cranston's got a huge range. So he went straight from Breaking Bad to doing the theater and, you know, doing all these other fucking roles or doing the LBJ movie, movie for HBO. Uh, you know, doing the, the Dalton Trumbo movie, which is great. Oh, it's such a great movie. Cranston really is a communist. You can kind of tell that. From, oh, yeah. From no, the way he, he plays he, that. You don't play uh, that role that well without <laughs> sympathizing with, uh, with Trumbo, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, we're starting to, yeah. we always do this thing where we start reviewing other films before we get to the meat of what we actually are reviewing. So no, uh, we, for, we forgive us for that. But, uh, well, but, but, but I think Aaron Paul, I mean, and, and I'll, and we'll talk about his performance in this movie, which I think is just absolutely incredible. I, I think he actually shows off a lot of range in this film alone, just because he portrays, you know, uh, you know, such a goofy, but like kind of lovable and fun, you, you know, young Jesse where he's just, this kind of fucking like, you know, uh, like a wigger for the lack of lack of a better term where he's just trying to be like super fucking like like streets. But he's like clearly a white kid from these rich parents and like, you know, in Albuquerque, fucking Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, yeah. in the middle of the desert. Um, and, and then you see him by the end and he's just this completely traumatized, scarred, uh, you know, physically and emotionally broken man who's like... It just the incredible pathos that he brings to the uh, late scene, later scenes in this in this movie. I, I actually think he's got a lot of range. I think he's just. I, I do think he's made bad post Breaking Bad choices. Hopefully, this will give well, him a little I, bit of a when I say, renaissance. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So when I say yeah, range, yeah. I mean the the acting range, not the range of of depth of the character. That's that's definitely there. You know, that you can have somebody that's like, yo, yeah, yo, bitch, like, in, and, but then still sees a beetle on the ground and like reveres it for the amazing creature yeah. that it is, you know, it's just which a was a great callback to uh, an episode, a season two episode where he, he's, he does where he's waiting for Badger to come pick him <laughs> yeah. up. And he's like, he does that. And, and that was actually a really nice character nod to Jesse Pinkman, even back then, where it was like, well, no, this, this is a character who, as you know yeah he cooks meth <laughs> i know that's a weird caveat but yeah he cooks meth uh and yeah he's you know abrasive and a fucking moron sometimes but he's a genuinely good person who has humanity which is the in stark contrast to walter white who has always been an egomaniac and cares nothing about anybody but him you know but himself by the end of the film it's super or by the end of the series rather it's super obvious. Yeah. Well, and they, they spent so much time building the characters too. Uh, you know, episodes that mm. had really nothing to further the plot for the most part, but were there just to show you the, the depth of humanity or lack thereof, you know, the, the, the whole episode with the, uh, the ATM that the two total whacked out crackhead meth addicts. Oh, yeah. God. And a little kid, you know, like he basically, you oh, know, I love like that. He, yeah, he, that he sacrifices all the money to save the kid, essentially, right? And and that was one where you're just like, you know, you you realize that there is you really you know, see so his humanity, people. yeah, yeah. Um, or you know, again, the the fact that uh, you know, he gets hooked on heroin with Jane, and Jane could have just OD, but instead they they worked it out so that you know Walt's there and starts to save her, and then goes, wait a minute. 
I can get rid of this distraction of my, my cooking partner. And he just lets her, you know, like on that was, that was the first point we were like, Oh, oh my God, that's you're like, fuck this guy. Like, like he's literally he's, he's killing her right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was the first real fucking like like he's he's been turning heel since the you know first episode of the series, but that was the moment where you're like, oh, this guy's an irredeemable bastard, and I hope Jesse finds out and fucking kills him. Like that's what you think in that moment, you know? Yeah, to me yeah. at least, that was what I thought. And I then like, the um, man, the the episode where he's trying to kill the fly, the whole episode, and he's getting <laughs> more and more exhausted, and then he like almost like you you know it's it's like possible he might accidentally you know he he almost does he almost does admit that uh you know he he killed jane but he doesn't quite do it or, or yeah. the line is like ambiguous and we're like oh shit that's <laughs> that that whole episode's much maligned but i thought that was an incredible like character study for the two of them and like you said it, it it's the tension that builds throughout the final couple seasons is so palpable around jane and around uh you know later the, the brock poisoning and around like just all this fucking heinous shit that that Walt un, un, unleashes on him. I mean, he leaves him to these fucking Nazis to, you know, he he leaves him in captivity there. He could have, you know, gone and gotten him sooner, but he leaves him there, you know, out of out of calculation. Well, and it's like I, I I think he just didn't know what to do. He got to a point where he didn't know what to do, and at the at the end, he thought. Well, I'm going to go back and be, uh, I'm going to be Heisenberg again. And then he gets to that fence and it's just, it's like he, that false uh, bravado or false ego he put on that front, he knows he can't fake it anymore and he has to become something totally different. He has to go, he has to be, uh, you know, the, 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 the science teacher again, but do some, some Heisenberg shit with being the science teacher again. So when he talks in the very pilot about, you know, uh, change and change being volatile. Uh, and then, you know, all these, all that, I wish I would have gone back and rewatched that scene because now I feel like I'm misquoting it, but he realizes to, to, to beat these guys. And really this all happened. The, the, the finale, I've never seen a, a more perfect finale of a show. And I'm not the only one that thinks that, but to wrap up so many loose ends in one when he went into like a, Oh, extended episode or a two hour. Like they just did it all in one. Regular unbelievable. Episode. Um, and the episode before it, if you really consider that, like two parts of the the, Oz, the Ozymandias episode, just those two episodes back to back are just m- two most incredible hours of television I've ever seen. I, I like honestly, I gotta yeah. say, yeah, I, I really thought they were gonna have a bunch of loose ends unanswered or or just not closed, or they it was gonna be sloppy as hell. And yeah. or when it's, when it's all or whatever, over, but... you're just like, oh my, oh my fucking god. <laughs> I mean, he, it all it all was man, sort of. Oh, sorry. It was all sort of predicated on them letting him park his car in like the most perfect spot, uh, and and you know without having a, much of a knowledge of their lay of their compound, not knowing where they're going to take him. Like that's all like pretty high, <laughs> pretty high yeah. odds. And then also the fact that there take some- the from him, but whatever, we'll, we'll we'll allow it. But he, but I mean, he also did have a fucking minigun in his trunk, which would have leveled any you know build it. But yeah, no, there was of course there's some Hollywood you know shenanigans, but. Um, what a satisfying ending to that show. And, and then the, the final scene with him and uh, I almost said him and Becky, him and Jesse, um, where he uh, where, where they don't say anything to each other. But there's just so much subtext in that scene. There's there's a ton of dialogue in that scene. Just none of it's fucking said on screen. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you I, know, you remember, there, remember so I was that was uh, I was quizzing the other day and I was like, do you remember what the actual last line of dialogue is? 
and you thought it was something between the two of them. And I was like, no, they don't say. I was like, surely they said something. But like, no, no yeah, I went no. back and the watched last it. The line like, of dialogue Fuck. is Walt on the phone saying goodbye, Lydia. That's the, <laughs> la- the last word spoken on the very last episode of Breaking Bad was goodbye, Lydia. Because he, uh, she yep. just realized that uh, he had poisoned her the day before. Yep. Diabolical. Um, not that she didn't deserve it, but... Uh, but no, yeah, and that scene is just incredible. And then Jesse, you know, gets in the car and you're like, is he going to fucking, I mean, I thought at least when I first watched it, like, is he going to kill him? Like, he's put him through so much fucking hell. He's ruined his oh, life. The way but then Jesse he backs the car up before he takes it. It looks like, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, oh, I would be, uh, yeah, they, they kind of gave you like a little false, uh, like a jump scare with that one. And they and he drives right past him to the point where the camera almost makes it look like he is driving right at him. And, and it's like, is he going to do it? And he's like, no, he's just, you know, so yeah. unbelievably happy to be to be free of his fucking captivity, which which is shown to be horrible on the show. And we see in El Camino, which is the movie we're actually here to review today, um, the extent of that captivity and how oh, much they, worse they it was it. than... Absolutely, yeah. Well, in in the finale with Jesse driving away, he, he's screaming for joy, but also just like this huge cathartic release of, of anger and sadness, Primal too. scream, yeah. And I think the, you know, the as, as great as that finale was, like, we didn't really see much of Jesse the last two episodes, and it didn't feel quite complete for him. So that the reason right there is why I was like, oh, El Camino, he drove away in El Camino. This is going to be Jesse's story. This is going to be the epilogue we need for him to to really know what happened to him. And, and you know, kind of we didn't know if it was going to be years later or or what. Uh, so the fact that it picks up immediately after it's like, OK, this is this is he's still in harm's way. Right. That there's police coming and they show that right off the bat that it's like he's he's on he's still on the lamb. Like he's still a, a, as much of a suspect as, as Walt was. Yeah, for sure. So then, you know, it starts immediately with the scene of him uh, escaping custody, which I'm not sure if they reshot or not. It was kind of hard to tell. But uh, but in any event, they might have just reused that uh, shot. Yeah, I'm sure they would have just because, you know, slight changes in age. Uh, yeah. But um, but so we get that scene and then, you know, right from there, they cut to the flashback. Uh, and, that, and this is a plot device that the movie uses a lot. And, you know, your mileage may vary in how much you like this. I think some of these flashbacks... Uh, were amazing and served a, a, a really strong purpose in terms of uh, building these characters and reinforcing who they were. Some of them you could say maybe were a little fan servicey. Um, I think maybe the Mike uh, cameo maybe would fall a little bit more on the fan servicey end. Not that I'm going to complain about seeing Mike again, but it, I don't think that that scene necessarily did a ton to move the narrative well, forward. Like that the scene was was interesting was um you know because originally when Jesse is uh, trying to get help from the vacuum man to disappear, he's going through Saul Goodman and he's like, "Do I get to pick where I want to go?" And he's like, "Well, it's your life. You can probably go to anywhere you want. How about Florida? Florida is great." And he's like, "Nah, I don't want to go to Florida. I want to go to Alaska." And Saul Goodman's like, "Alaska? Well, there's definitely a different vibe up there." And it's like, well, "Why did why did Jesse say?" Alaska not go with Saul Goodman's suggestion, Florida. Like he, he already had some kind of idea in his head. Um, but it, it, it was interesting to see that like Mike was the one that put that there, that that's the place he should go to. And he trusted Mike. So for whatever reason, he feels like, I don't know, maybe he feels like he's paying uh, respects to Mike by, um, you know, choosing Alaska instead of Florida. I don't know. Just a little, yeah, little bit sure. of a, a callback there. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, and I think the the, the way the kind of plot device was, it, I think it's implied that whenever we see a flashback, Jesse is remembering that se- that that moment in his life because of what's happening to him in the moment we're seeing in the current timeline. So that's that's kind of yeah. It seems to, you know, well, but um, and it's also yeah. uh, you know this this movie is an epilogue to a series that ended five years ago. Right. So we, we are kind of, we need to remind the, the viewers yeah. of, of where, you know, some of these other people that had a big influence on, on his arc and him changing from being just the, and she said the, the, the wigger douchebag kid to really becoming a, a, a an adult actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when he became the mm-hmm. sort of co bagman for, for Mike, that was a big part of that. It, that was when he went from just being, uh, you know, a, a cook to being somebody who was a, a professional uh, uh, yeah. in the in the drug world. Yeah, and um, that scene, I, I'm not sure if it's actually right before Mike gets shot, but that's the bank uh, where 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 Walt ends up, you know, <laughs> killing Mike. So I think that might it be like you know in that in that day or two, like before he gets shot. Um, yeah, timeline wise. So. Uh, you know, we from there we uh cut back to the current timeline where uh Jesse has nowhere to go, he's on the run, he's like the fucking FBI's most wanted, he's like you know, basically bin Laden in the United States. Everyone's looking for him, um, <laughs> at least of Albuquerque, yeah. Um, and he uh decides to go to the only two people he knows uh aren't gonna narc on him, uh, Badger and Skinny Pete, and you know. I really love this whole segment with the two of them because like, you know, they just kind of take him in unquestioningly and, you know, you know, they, they give him a shower and they feed him and they let him sleep. And it's just, it's just really nice to see that they're like, you know, they're, they're two dudes are kind of like slacker ne'er do wells, but like they still have enough money left over from their dealings with him and Walt that they have like a nice kind of place and they're playing, you know, video games and shit. And, you know, talking shit about you know nonsense uh yeah. well but- it, yeah it, it's good to see that you know because we we kind of assumed that they were just going to be always fuck-ups you know and or the yeah. skinny pete was like a serious addict so just to, to see them doing well you're kind of like oh okay they're not <laughs> it's nice they're, it's, they're it's not a nice moment, addicts yeah. anymore um and just and that it, it the, was, the, yeah. oh, the the moment that everyone really thought was was deep was uh you know when they realized that the the El Camino's got a, a low jack on it and the police could be on their way and they do the car switch is that moment between uh, Skinny Pete and Jesse. And he says like, well, why are you, why are you doing all this for me, man? And he's like, dude, you're like my hero and shit dog. And he like kind of turns yeah. away. Like he's, he's a little embarrassed to say that, but it was uh, super sweet, super sweet. Moment. Yeah. Cause he, he was the one that kind of tur- turned them or made them a little bit more professional as uh, as you know street dealers too so he kind of tried to instill like a sense of like that like self-worth in them like what by you know doing that shit like they were kind of just like druggy fuck-ups and he kind of like it was like yeah guys like you don't have to change who you are but like let's try to fucking do something with your life like i think they they appreciate that and they kind of look up to him for that and the fact that he's like this you know world-renowned you know meth cook (laughs) um it's also but, the fact but, that you know they they hadn't heard from him in months and probably assumed he was dead, you know, and he comes back. Uh, you know, this this is El Camino literally means the road or the path, uh, you know, in Spanish, right? So it's it's a car, mm-hmm. 
that he escapes in, but it's also sort of this, this, uh, you know, his, his journey or his arc trying to figure out where he's going to go. And he comes back with like a, you know, he's dirty with a beard. Like he's kind of been resurrected. Right. So when, yeah. when, when Skitty B doesn't even recognize him at first and then his eyes get all big realizing who he's looking at, uh, you know, scars on his face and everything too. Um, he's really gone through, you know, it's, it's, it's very Christ-like, you know, he's got all these scars on his back from being whipped uh, you know, he's, he's like a shell of his former self and he's, he's resurrected. He's back from the dead. Right. Yeah. Uh, so when he's like, Oh, you're my hero. Like he's, he's, you know, sort of in awe that Jesse has sort of, uh, metaphorically come back from the dead. Yeah. Well, and I, and I love to, in that moment, you know, one of the great things about the series is that a lot of, uh, characters can kind of contain multitudes they're not just there they're one-dimensional you know jesse is obviously the the best example but skinny pete too you think of him as just like this attic fuck up but then there's that just one really subtle great little scene of him uh you know in in breaking bad where he just sits at the piano and he starts playing and he plays this like beautiful classical song and it's like there's no dialogue in that scene but there's so much said in that scene about like who he is and what's happened to him in his life and like you know what like what it's just it's a really incredible little piece of characterization and i think they kind of nod to that because then you know they go outside and he's like fuck what are we going to do the cops are going to be here any minute Uh, and skinny pete just pulls this insane fucking like triple switcheroo idea with these cars like all right yeah all right here uh you know i'm gonna take the el camino and your badger you take uh my car and you drive it down to mexico and here you know take badger's shitty car and you drive it you know wherever you're gonna like he just pulls out this fucking plan like out of nowhere and it was kind of like yeah no skinny pete's actually not a dumb guy he's a smart guy he's just you know had some bad fucking breaks in life but I, I I I really like that scene in general. I, I like that they that it didn't feel like a like a fan service cameo. It felt like a really great, like logical place for the movie to go, and it was nice to yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, like, where, where else you know, would you go anyway? Everyone else he knows is dead now. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna go to the White's house. Like, you're not gonna go see Skyler. <laughs> no, okay. you're not gonna you're not gonna go <laughs> see help you the, out. Um, the uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, he's not gonna go see Marie right like, <laughs> yeah no no not not a good idea yeah. purple princess is my my nickname for her uh <laughs> yeah and saul's gone already at this point so yeah yeah um so yeah so from there we kind of get this uh I, I i think we you know shortly after that we get the scenes uh where we flash back to todd um and this just incredible uh little side story from this movie where Todd, uh, you know, Beth Damon, as we refer to him on, on, on this podcast and in general, affectionately, uh, great actor, Jesse Plemons, but yeah. So Todd, uh, like he, he, you know, comes and takes the tarp off of Jesse's fucking just absolutely, uh, just miserable soul crushing, like prison pit. that they're keeping him in. It's pit. a pit. They're keeping him in a fucking <laughs> pit outside, like just only the tarp to cover him from the fucking elements and a bucket to piss in and shit in. And it's like, and so, but Todd comes and like rips the tarp off and is like, Hey, you know, and his just like, Todd's one of the most interesting characters on, on, in that show's history. He's like a total fucking sociopath, but he's like the most Midwest nice. Like Todd's basically the male Amy Klobuchar. Like he just acts like super nice to your face, but he's also a fucking psychopath who would just as easily, you know, shoot you in the face or, 
throw a comb at you if like you know if you piss yeah, them off there's or something really scary them. about somebody who is seemingly very impulsive and gives no sign of their impulsiveness like no rage whatsoever yeah no he's just, he's just literally like, associate just like, like can he, can shrug and then shoot a child in the face and be like yeah i guess i just i just thought that was what i should do um yeah, yeah, anyway i'm sure the kid that, was but, uh, sure the kid was nice you know cleaning lady uh you know we should probably bury her somewhere pretty you know and you're just, yeah, just like oh my god so, so fucking <laughs> like, grim at least so at least the nazis you can tell they were sinister from a mile away this guy just creeps up on you're like what the fuck no, um, he, he's yeah he's a great guy yeah. he's such a creepy character so yeah so he brings jesse to his place and he's like uh what would you bring me here to help you repaint it's like oh yeah well uh, i don't know maybe maybe we'll do that later and then he brings him into the other room and jesse finds uh that he shot his maid because she found his uh stash and he couldn't have her you know telling anybody about it not she, that she, was, she didn't even think it was his money that was the thing is he she he he says she's like oh did she think it was yours she's like no she was bringing it to me like she thought it was somebody else's so it wasn't really her fault but yeah <laughs> You're just like, oh, my so God. oh no but the, no the, the worst uh, thing in that scene slash the craziest best thing is that he, he like they start to roll her up and he goes oh wait 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 and then they unroll her and he's like nope i can't can't forget this and he takes the belt oh, that he used to strangle her <laughs> it was belt was still puts on it back it. on because he didn't have a belt which, like, which he looked like he needed that belt badly which is with as much weight as that actor had gained too like his yeah poor, had, poor jesse had, climbing uh, putting the pounds but that's fine look fuck it you know Whatever. i mean he's got one of those irish heads that's going to keep growing his whole life like uh, ted kennedy um r- real quick side note about that actor uh I, I don't know you you i think you saw the the um black mirror episode that was like an homage to uh oh, star trek fucking tremendous in that episode <clears throat> yeah yeah well the, the funny thing about that you watch it and there's kind of like the um the 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 really serialized kind of send up mock version of star Trek that the episode opens with before it switches to like the real world version of it. Uh, and it, you, you, people have referred to him as meth Damon because he kind of looked like Matt Damon when he was younger. But if you notice really closely, or if you know, uh, kind of, you know, some of Matt Damon's, uh, acting quirks, and then you, you know, kind of, you know, um, William Shatner's acting quirks. If you watch really carefully, uh, Jesse Plemons isn't lampooning um, William Shatner. He's playing Matt Damon playing William Shatner. Watch it again yeah, and, and, and you'll fucking yeah. notice it. <laughs> it is uncanny. <laughs> so it was like he was sort of like making fun of the fact that people called him Meth Damon by playing Matt Damon playing William Shatner. <laughs> no, he for sure was. Like even some of the ways, like the, just the line reads very, very Damon-esque. Um, and yeah, and he was a great actor and he, this whole little, you know, side quest with Jesse was great where he, you know, he brings him, um, to, uh, you know, help him, help him get rid of this corpse and they got to bring it downstairs and they got to put the fucking, the, the, the rear gate or whatever on the El Camino. <laughs> um, which makes it look uh, like a hearse, by the way. Yeah. It's super weird. Like, and then he has to ride, a truck? He has to ride is... in the back with the corpse too. And he's like bumping into it as they go over. Oh, fucking God. The road. <laughs> it, it, it's sort of, yeah. It, it's like, well, why is all this necessary? And I think it's because, you know, we didn't see much of his, his, you know, his, his, um, uh, captivity, captivity, and how badly he was treated, right? And it's like to really mm-hmm. show the depths of how this has scarred him psychologically. They needed to show a lot more of 
the abuse he suffered because it was far greater than what he suffered with Walt. With Walt, it was mostly gaslighting, right? Uh, yeah. and, and mental manipulation. This was just physical torture. Like you, there's that quick little burst shot of when he's trying, he's take, trying to take a shower, but he's afraid. So he has the gun in the shower with him. Uh, and he has mm-hmm. this flashback of being blasted with a hose, you know, like a fire hose. And it's just like, Oh my God, they were, you know, I mean, they, they clearly they wanted like him torture. to make meth, yeah. but they needed to break him down to the point where he would be, uh, you know, completely subservient to them. Right. Uh, so to, I think to really get to that, they had to show a lot more of it and, and not just the, brutal scenes but also just this you know having to go clean up bodies with this fucking complete sociopath and never knowing like what if he might do or say the wrong thing um yeah that was well, I mean, uh, at one point he i guess todd you know absentmindedly forgets that he leaves the gun on the dashboard and jesse grabs it and points it at him and he's just they just to show how fundamentally broken he was uh, you know Todd's just like, come on, Jesse, just you know, give me the gun. We'll go get some pizza. Like, yeah, what you, what kind of okay. what kind of toppings you want on your pizza, Jesse? <laughs> well, and it's also you know that uh, you know because he even says to him, he's like, listen, um, you know, if you try anything out there, uh, you know, boss says we're gonna have to, you know, take care of the little kid, Brock, you know, and. Uh, you know, you don't even know where Brock is. <laughs> he's he's, he's so like apologetic or like, you know, like, oh, well, yeah, you know, like if you do I'm anything sorry, out but, there, uh, I'm really sorry. But it, the policy is we have to kill a child that you such, care about. Sorry. Fucking sinister character. It's unbelievable how <laughs> I get chills when I, when I watched that scene. I was like, yeah, it's just so evil, but like so, so like lawful evil, you know, <laughs> like just so like, oh, the most and, lawful like, evil. And that's why you're just really fucking tense. So that, this, the show Breaking Bad was always really good at prolonged tension uh and, and making you stress the fuck out the the train robbery episode where they're trying to steal oh, the methylamine out so of the, the train and then replace it with water is one of the most tense scenes i've ever seen on television you know the we, we talked about um you know the uh the battle of winterfell episode of game of uh, game of thrones was maybe yeah, beats night. that uh but like that this is, this is like the, the closest thing to that yeah, no, for sure. And that's and that's the episode that ends with him fucking shooting a child in, in his face just because he happened to kind of come upon them as they finished up their raid. Like he just very calmly pulls out yeah. his gun and shoots a fucking child in the face who's like sitting there on his bike. So but maybe it was unclear. The, on. the the tarantula that's in um his apartment. Oh, yeah, was yeah, it, yeah. Was that the same tarantula? Was that, that I forget what, what Yeah, was that? Vince Gilligan said, Yeah, that was that was the kid's tarantula. That was a kid's pet tarantula. Was it that he yeah. fucking shot in the face, which is so dark. And Jesse actually notices that, I think, which and when he goes over and that's why he's so like haunted while he's looking, you know, in that mm-hmm. room and he finds the tarantula. Oh, did, like, you know, did you notice that the snow globe the, the two little figures inside the snow globe that was in his room too looked just like him and just like Lydia. Like yeah, he, yeah. he went out and tried to find a snow globe or, or just randomly found a snow globe that <laughs> looked like this woman he had a crush on that had no interest in him. Like who does that? <laughs> Man, that, that what an interesting little side character for the show. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think that was really important to show the kind of journey that Jesse had to go on because he would, just was such a fundamentally broken person and by the time we see him get out it's just like he's you know like you said he's resurrected in a way like it's just that unbelievable like scream as he's driving away in the finale um is is just him being kind of reborn um so you know from there he tries to uh the, the reason they show the todd stuff is because they show that todd 
had an incredible amount of money hidden in his house. Uh, you know, like at one point it was hidden in those books, but obviously he's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to find a new, new hiding spot after, you know, after he had to kill his maid. Um, but so Jesse goes back there in the present day and is rips the place apart, trying to find it. You know, he rips up the sideboards. He rips out like the flooring. He's like, he's going fucking nuts. And that, that scene felt very old school breaking bad to me. Like there's so many scenes of, you know, Walt doing, there's even like an homage to the shot where he sticks his head into the crawl space under the, floorboard it's very reminiscent of of walt in the crawl space you know yeah well i mean there, there was so many interesting ways they would do montages uh in the show but that that overhead shot that's you know not even really possible because you're seeing every room of the apartment in one single frame so it's it's like sort of breaking the uh uh the the fifth wall so to speak of the room <laughs> and showing him in multiple rooms at once all you know time lapse and everything was really cool but also kind of remind, remind me a little bit of the, the overhead shot the last time we see Walt, well, it pulls all the way up, you know, complete yeah. looking down angle and everything, which I, I'm sure they've done other shots like that throughout the show. I don't have all of them in my head at the moment, but uh, yeah. I, and, and I almost forgot like what he was really looking for at first. And then I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. right. The money he's looking for his money. Cause he's dead and he knows the money is there and he needs money to disappear you know, to, to, to pay off the, the vacuum cleaner guy again. Uh, played yeah. by the unfortunately very recently late Robert Forrester, who literally died the day after El Camino came out last week, yeah. which is super fucking sad. That the you know amazing talent Absolutely. actor, two amazing of the character actor. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and you almost wonder like, was he holding on just for this last thing to to come out? And then he's <laughs> like, all right, it, now yeah. I'm done. But he's like, oh yeah, that that fucking ruled. All right, so. Um, but no, he, yeah. And he's great in this movie. So he, he, you know, so, well, I don't want to jump too far. So basically Jesse, you know, he tears the place apart and then all of a sudden he hears what he thinks are the police coming in. These two fucking, you know, Mookie looking guys and, and police windbreakers come in. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he has no way out. So he eventually has to kind of try to like, you know, hostage his way out of the room, but he realizes super quickly that, you know, they, they get him to submit because he, you know, he thinks he's, he's surrounded by cops. And as they're kind of tying his hands behind his back, he's like, oh, these guys aren't fucking cops, which was no, really cops. Cause they have no handcuffs. Like, like when, when <laughs> that is was a, a super sinister you, moment. Cause yeah, you realize like these are, these are more fucking thugs. Oh, right. And he's being I, for a second, I thought they were part of the Nazi gang and I was like, oh no, they're going to make him fucking cook it. Like I thought well, that for a second, it was a little bit of a retcon. Cause when you realize that, that one of those two guys is the guy that built the, you know, the, 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 the dog leash lead that he's yeah. attached to, you know, it, like they, they kind of retcon that as like, Oh, he was Nazi gang adjacent. Right. So it's, it's well, yeah, like that, he wasn't, he wasn't part of their group, but he was like, he was like friends with them and had no problem doing illegal yeah. shit for them. You know? Well, the, the moment that I knew they weren't cops was when he says, call to your partner and he says, Lieutenant so-and-so and instantly the partner uh-huh, yeah. doesn't react the way <laughs> he would if he was called his his you know lieutenant so-and-so well I that, thought he knows he, he knows that he's only calling him lieutenant so-and-so because they're not actually cops that jesse doesn't know that yet so that's the cue to him because he knows if if there wasn't somebody else in there he would have just called him by his regular name see so that, I that thought, was the, 
Well, I thought they still were cops. I thought like, oh, maybe that guy's an officer and he called him a lieutenant to tip him off like, hey, something's not fucking right here. Because like, but then, yeah, it became quickly evident that no, they're sure. not cops yeah. at all. No, it was clear that he knew something, but that was... The, yeah, the exactly. That, that something was fucking was, off. They're not really cops and there's no way he would call him any title of Yeah, no, in retrospect, that's definitely what it was. If he actually was, right? So... Um, um, but yeah, no, great, great scene. And, and you realize there are a couple of dumbasses too, pretty quickly, yeah. but, but in that moment when they're trying to tie him up, you, you're like, just super sinister. And you're like, Oh yeah, no, you feel Jesse's panic of being put back into captivity by these people again. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really thought he was going to end up shooting them th- while he thought they were cops. Cause I thought he was like, I can't be in a fucking cage again. I can never be in a cage for the rest of my life. Um, but he, but he, you know, he's like, I'm not a cop killer. Uh, you know, he's, and he submits them, but then they, but then he he just in a masterful way, you know, and this is something I think he learned from Walt is he talks his way into leaving with a third of the fucking money, like it, leaving with like two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. That's, he that's lawyers his way into it. Into that uh, you know he's he's like, look, that that fucking nosy neighbor is right outside there, and if any if he hears a shot, you're gonna have to kill him and probably a bunch of other people. You know, and you guys aren't killers. You're petty thieves like I am, you know. Yeah. So he's he's just kind of like, eh, I call your bluff here. Um, and then, of course, he he basically like, uh, you know, trusts that there's no honor among thieves. And, the, 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 you know, he, the guy doesn't tell his, you know, fake cop partner that they gave away half or a third of the money <laughs> to the other guy. So he was like, wait a minute, how that get, he, I only got half of what, you know? So they totally, totally love how they did all that. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was great. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love that scene. So then I think, uh, shortly after that, he goes to the vacuum, uh, guy, Robert Forster's character who helped, uh, you know, disappear Walt in the, in the last season, and I don't, do we actually see him on screen during that? I, I can't remember now, like during the actual series. Cause I know Jesse doesn't see him because he just sees the car pull up and he doesn't get in. But do we actually see Robert Forster on the series? Like with Walt? I can't, I, I genuinely can't remember right now. Well, if you remember, uh, it was actually Walt and Saul Goodman were in um, sort of the, uh, uh, the, the three day, um, sort of hide in the basement phase uh-huh. of the, of the disappearing together. Walt shows up oh, and he there comes and down, Goodman's doesn't he? already there. Right. Yeah. And he comes down and takes Saul away first and then takes Walt later. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, so I have to remember. Yes. Yeah, we do. It's coming back to me. All right. So, um, obviously I haven't gotten that far in my rewatch yet. I'm still in like season three, but, uh, yeah. So he goes to the vacuum guy and I love that scene too. It's just a really, the thing about Breaking Bad that I think makes it stand out is it's such an intense and dramatic series, but it always has moments of funniness and it never feels like forced, you know, forced laughter in a moment of tension. Like, you know, like the, there's that just really hacky, like like in The Last Jedi or, or uh, not in, in uh, Force Awakens where like, uh, you know, immediately like Poe Dameron has to make like a quippy comment like like as they're being captured by these fucking murderous, like Nazi, oh, you know, no. empire. It's so like, paint by numbers. I mean, I'm glad it's, they, it's did so, they did, but it's, it, it but you never know, like, lands. It, it, it never works. Like, especially last Jedi, there's so many jokes that you're just like, wait, that, that they not realize that that should have been cut out of the movie. 
but so that but to that point i think breaking bad never it, it, it it's hilarious at times and often with jesse because even when he's a serious guy he's still really fucking funny at times uh it, it never feels forced it's always like true to life or true to the moment you know like where he gets in there and he's like talking to this guy and he's like just come on come on just just keep i know like i'm not following the procedure but like just just say it was you come on and then the guy's like uh finally he's like well uh you, you know you still owe me for the last one he's like fuck it i do it i fucking knew it was you <laughs> like he Look, just goes, like 99 no. it was you <laughs> yeah 99 <laughs> yeah. it was you so good <clears throat> so fucking yeah, so like, i love that and, scene and, yeah well and i love that he he fakes him out on the the phone call or at least he he you think he thinks, he he thinks he faked him out and he totally didn't fake him out. He totally did call the police <laughs> and, you know, he's a late business owner. They actually show up instantly. Immediately. Um, yeah. And he probably like donates money to the police association too, or, you know, used to be a cop. Yeah. Just to maintain his cover or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Interesting side note, Robert Forrester <laughs> in real life used to be a vacuum cleaner salesman. So really, really, get, <laughs> really? getting into the role. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. That's so funny. Yeah. Um and he's great and that's and, and he and he like he dicks around with him over eighteen hundred dollars when Jesse's like gonna give him two hundred and you know yeah. fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> which is unbelievable, but Yeah. Well and, 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 it's 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 a little bit of a bizarre uh, premise, but it, it kind of just shows that Robert Forrester's character is sort of so um old school that like, you know, if you if you do this thing you do him I'm a favor. Fucking around with it. Uh, if yeah. you, if my word is my word, and you have to pay the exact amount I'm asking for, and then I do every single thing that's required to ensure that you'll never be heard from again, but only if you meet me at the exact amount I want. Like that's it, there's something weird about that. It's almost kind of like a, I don't know, like old mobster kind of a thing about that. Like it's just it. That's that's it. This is the amount yeah. or nothing. No, he's he's definitely OG, uh, Robert Forrester. But but and and I think to some extent, like in real life, if somebody's like, look, I'm gonna give you, you know, two hundred and twenty-three thousand dollars to disappear or two hundred and four, you know, forty, forty-eight thousand, whatever it was, uh, nobody's gonna turn down that much fucking money, but it needs to move the plot forward. But I but I do like that that kind of characterization of Robert Forrester's characters. Is Where just, does all the money go to though? Like what is he doing besides just giving someone a fucking lift to, to you know, in the Well he in sets the, him up with secret. identities, so I think oh, he sets him up He's with probably, paperwork. But he no, he I mean, has to get him like a fake identity and everything and he got a But he takes a lot of risk, so he makes his fucking money off of that. Uh, you know, I don't know what he's saving it for. He's fucking old and working in a vacuum store. Why don't you just yeah, fucking retire? And, and, but and apparently on death's door. Uh, so. Yeah. So it's weird, but you know, he's an interesting, uh, interesting character. So he, you know, ends up leaving. Uh, he, he lets him leave, you know, with the money and everything. He's like, you know, I'll, uh, you know, if you, if you get me, I'm a man of my word. If you get me the 1800 on top of the other money, I'll, uh, I'll do it for you. So Jesse's got to figure out, had I get him that eighteen hundred? So, oh, and, and I love that he makes him take the money with him. He's like, I don't even want your money here unless you money. have all. He's like, just what a fucking pain in the ass. I know. <laughs> but he's like, I, I, you know, if you can't come up with eighteen hundred, I don't want you accusing me of taking my your money from you prematurely. Uh-huh. So it's just like, you know, whatever. It it's funny. It, it seems funny believable right. because this guy is so like very uh, lawful neutral. <laughs> yeah no for sure um so before the kind of finale of 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 
of the film, we get uh, a scene where we get a, another flashback scene uh, where Jesse's in a hotel room, um, really just kind of relaxing and like having a great time. And then, you know, he leaves his room, he knocks on the door next to him, and then we see Walt. You know, that the the cameo we all knew was coming, but weren't quite sure until it happened. Yeah, uh, you know, Brian Cranston showing up as Walter White again. Uh in just an awful bald cap, but it's fine. Like I don't expect him to shave his head for a two minute scene. I get it. It was like a stubble <laughs> cap. He still had the stubble, but I I, I didn't yeah. actually notice it. I was I go back and watch it though it's pretty his his head is his head is like jesse plemons large like it's super obvious he's hiding a whole head of hair under that thing but it's fine look i'm not gonna yeah. give him shit like he he's still you know, he's still looking uh yeah uh, sorry i was just looking at imdb and brian cranston is not credited on the on the first page you got to click to the next page yeah, he's like the like the third to the last person credited so Usually but, pretty you know, good about not spoiling cameos and stuff on IMDb. Yeah. Well, they hid this entire film. Nobody knew this film was being Nobody made. Shooting this movie. No, they were in Albuquerque shooting this for what, like two, three months. And, you know, obviously there was people in Albuquerque that saw this and, you know, would walk up to the production and say, hey, what, what are you guys doing here? You know, you got Brian Cranston, you got Aaron Paul and you're back in Albuquerque. And like, you know, obviously there was extras, especially in the diner scene. You know, you've they got probably, like 50, yeah. 50 extras in this diner scene with with Walt and, and Jesse who like, how did you how did they keep the lid on all that? And <laughs> it's like they, the- they, they did it by lying to everybody. They told everyone they were filming a promo commercial for one of these like Breaking Bad Albuquerque uh, bus tours where you go around <laughs> and see all the locations. Right. Wow. So, you know, if, if people. I mean, they asked some people to kind of like, hey, keep it on the down low. But what they were keeping on the down low was just that they knew that there was a commercial being made. Right. Yeah. So if they had told everyone, yeah, we're making a movie, people wouldn't have been, they would have been like, all right, I told somebody, you know. Well, I'm sure some of the extras, like people did a good job of keeping it under wraps. It's kind of they, like they the did. fucking the scene in Spider Man where his mask comes off in the subway, but they're all so grateful for him. Like being the protector of the city, so yeah. they put his mask back on. They're like, "We won't tell anyone, yeah. Spider Man. Don't worry." Well, <laughs> I watched like an that. interview with with Vince Gilligan where he he credited the people who knew for doing a really great job of keeping the lid on it. Uh, and, and Netflix apparently has figured out the, the the secret to never having things get leaked because they keep releasing things like the day after they're announced. Everyone's like, "No, what? it's How a did- great strategy." <laughs> Um, and, you know who fucking spoiled it is Ermintraud the guy who plays Ermintraud is like oh yeah I filmed a cameo for that uh, they're gonna get mad at me for saying that but yeah I filmed a cameo like three <laughs> weeks he? before they announced the, the like it, it was coming oh, out that's, well I thought that um, uh, Bob Odenkirk like, said they something that. about it too but uh, Vince Gilligan claims that he got unfairly criticized for whatever it was he said but yeah no I watched this um, interview after I watched El Camino it was shot about a week prior to it, or Vince Gilligan, you know, they're like, oh, so is is Walt Whitman actually alive or dead? And he spoils the thing. Walter White, not Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman. Well, I mean. <laughs> That's one of the other WWs that uh, Hank mentioned. Little, little, little slip there, yeah. One of the, the guy that Freudian. made the video for the thing that Aaron Paul shoots in the face. Jesse shoots in the face. Um, sorry, I'm on like my second beer, third shot now. Uh <laughs> But yeah, he uh, he's like he spoils it and flat out says, "Yeah, uh, Walt is dead." That's like, why? Why would you? I mean, let us find out in the movie. I didn't well, want to know he, until I watched it. 
well, and then the guy was like, well, is he going to be in the movie? And then he just like smiled and didn't say anything. So I thought that was like, but I think he wanted people to understand like guys like Walt is dead in the current timeline. His story ended perfectly. You know, I think that was a perfect close to his narrative arc, but that doesn't mean we're not going to see Brian Cranston as Walter White again, you know, and, and obviously the second the movie started and I saw the scene with Mike where it was a flashback, I'm like, okay, so if they're doing flashbacks, we're absolutely getting a wall flashback. I like that mm-hmm. immediately occurred to me, you know, um, and I, and I love that scene and I don't think it's, you know, a lot of people like, oh, it was fan servicey. It didn't mean anything, but I actually think it did a lot to reinforce who these characters were. And it's, again, it's another reminder because a lot of people during the, the last couple seasons of breaking bad were like, Oh, well, Skylar's such a bitch and she's such a pain in the ass. And like, why doesn't she just let Walter, you know, like do his thing. Like, and people were still rooting for Walt, even in the last season of the show. And I'm, I remember just watching it and being like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? He's like a super villain. Like, Skylar, her only crime is like not wanting her husband to be a fucking meth kingpin. Like, how does that make her like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, there was a lot of conservatives rooting for the bad guy without realizing it. You know, it's just, it's yeah, like it's, he's not a likable person at the second, almost from the start. I mean, really, when you watch it back, it's so obvious from the start that he's always been an egomaniac and that he never really cared about his family. And then the second he got a taste of power and a taste of, what he could do he just craved it and then it, it almost really parallels uh you know the 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 uh daenerys targaryen arc yeah exactly you know, people were shocked about but like, um you know a harmatean tragedy is where there's a character flaw that at first seems like their greatest strength and ends up being their downfall you know and mm-hmm. it was like everyone, exactly. oh she's so empowered such an empowered woman and it's like she's a fucking sight she's a She's, she's bloodthirsty maniac. Yeah. She's, she's going to mass murder Clinton. cities from the get go. And you just overlooked it because, you know, Jorah would be like, oh, you have such a kind heart, Khaleesi. And you're like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's what I want to see is what that guy sees. And it's like, sorry. And, and it's not who they really are. <laughs> and, when, and much like with Walt, I mean, Daenerys did have a kind side to her, but that was, like you said, a, fundam- a, a fatal flaw that she was never going to overcome because that's who she was you know, deep down and that's the nature that she wasn't going to be able to outlast. And that's the same thing with Walt is like, I'm sure part of him did care about his family and did care about taking care of them, but or at least that's the reason he told himself it would. That's what like an element of him did, but a bigger element of him just loved the fucking rush he got from being Heisenberg. And, you know, he he tells, you know, Mr. Roy, I thought you only needed $700,000 for this thing. It was like, it was never about the money. Mm-hmm, it was exactly. about building an empire and it's like and he, he, here's here's this guy who could have had something that ended up with nothing while his friends went on to you know build something big and have tons of money and be someone and he feels left behind his ego is like hey i i want some of that that was his yeah. real motivation deep down was was to become something it's just that he gave up his humanity in exchange for it and you know the scene that that diner scene is just an, an, another great example of the dichotomy of Jesse and Walt where Jesse, you know, is like super caring for him. Like, and this is even in Jesse's like, like, yeah, bitch, like idiot, you know, dumb guy phase, but he's still like, like when Walter's like, you know, has a coughing figure, like goes over and like pats his back. He's like, it's okay. Everybody don't worry. Like even in his own dumb way, like he's like super caring. And then he, he sits down and like a really serious moment. He's like, you know, Mr. White, like no matter what happens to you, you know, like implying like even if you die in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to make sure your family 
uh, is taken care of and sees their their and, their entire share of yeah, that money. And- because he knows he's coughing, he wants the waiter to leave the pitcher of water, and it's like I can't do that. He's like, "Sure, you can." He gives a hundred dollars for that water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the Walt won't run out of water while he's coughing. Yeah, Super. Uh, just an uh, unbelievable kindness. Because who, you know, would Walt do that for him? Hell no, no, of course. <laughs> and, and it's so funny in that scene when he says to him, "I'm gonna make sure your family's taken care of." Walt gives him that like that Walt like, oh, oh, thanks, like that like that like brush off like like where you have to pretend like you give a fuck, but like in his head he's like, I don't really give a fuck at this point. <laughs> like, you, I watched that scene back with that in mind, and and it's super clear on his face that he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't really give a fuck. Like, I'm just yeah. sad that I'm not gonna be able to be Heisenberg uh-huh. anymore. <laughs> I mean, the best part of that scene, though, is obviously he's like, well, what are you going to do with your life, Jesse? Like, get your GED. He's like, why would I give me my GED? I graduated. You were on well, stage when they gave me my diploma, dick. It shows <laughs> he's like, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that so shows funny. like he's just so he's always been that guy who doesn't give a fuck about anybody. He's no, always been that guy. He's just down. in like condescending teacher mode. And he's like, oh, actually, that's right. You're not the fuck up that I think you are. But I still hold it over you as though you... You know, and, and no, it's just such a it, it's such a, you know, it, it just finally written scene, but it shows so much about who they always who were. Yeah, exactly. Um, fundamentally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think from there we kind of get into the, the kind of final showdown um, where uh, Jesse goes to conf- uh, confront uh, the the. Uh, the big Mookie looking guy that was one of the people he, you know, stole the, uh, or uh, that he took the money with, like one of the guys that was trying to, uh, you know, arrest him initially. Um, And, you know, in through flashback, we learned that he is the welder who worked with the neo-Nazis to build Jesse's like little prison hamster wheel thing where he would only be able to walk back and forth in the lab. And like, he was like chained to it. Literally just the way they, they shot that were like, they didn't think it was strong enough. So they forced him to run back and forth and like, you know, not, not choke himself, but whatever the red hair, slick back Nazi guy whose name I forget is loves like torturing him, just having him run and like rip his fucking intestines out where he just gets hung up on the thing. It's so brutal. Yeah like really just torture yeah well we think about that is just it's it's kind of like this this idea that um you know mobsters and thieves just love to hang out in like empty warehouses for fun you know like they just got a bunch of money they can afford a bunch of blow and a bunch of hookers or you know escorts you know really they don't really show them have sex with them or anything why wouldn't they go get like a fucking penthouse at the hilton you know, like there's gotta be a nicer place to <laughs> white trash at their core. And they're like, why are we going to go there? We got a perfectly good free place here at my chop yard. Like, why don't we just go, for, you know, why, why, why would you pay for a bunch of women who were clearly of the, you know, sex worker ballpark. And then like, they, they just hang out with you for a couple hours and then leave. Like that's, that's yep. all you wanted. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Very I odd. Think, I think but, they kind of um, just like wanted to not have a scene where Jesse shows up and has to shoot hookers. They're kind of like, let's yeah. just show that they, they, these guys are scumbags and we'll pay for they, women. It's an, we don't they're implied them. hookers. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> um, but so then Jesse shows up and it's just an incredible scene where he walks in and he's like, you know, look, I, 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 and, he, and he doesn't even like demand it. He has guns with him for his protection. Uh, oh, and Bob, you know, and I skipped over real quick. He does go back to see his parents who, again, just the worst fucking people on the planet, his douchebag, unsupportive parents who, 
uh, you know, were trying to get him to turn himself in, and again, like tried to well, to they're narc on him. Lawful, stupid. <laughs> yeah, is no, why. They're, they're they're the worst. Oh, but you notice so when he when he tricks him liberal douchebag parents. Yeah, so he tricks him to get him to leave in order to get out of the house and get his dad's two old ass guns. He he notices that the faucet's still running. So they like booked it to go. If they didn't care about him, they would have just cut him adrift. The problem is they're just like, they're that kind of parent that is like, oh, turn yourself in. Everything will be fine. It's like, no, it won't because you're fucking idiots. Yeah. But they do care about him, right? Yeah, of course. Um, but that, that was the sad thing. Just she, shitheads. That, but that like, faucet you know. running and realizing that they really do love him and they're going to try to go help him. But you, you, he's looking at that faucet and we realize like, they're going on a red herring like they, and they're never going to see him again. And he's yeah. never going to see them again either. And it's an amazing Testament to how good of a person Jesse is that he's in this house. His parents are super rich. I guarantee you there's fucking $1,800 in cash in that house. He doesn't go there to steal cash. He goes there to borrow his dad's guns to go ask for, you know, more money that he that he feels like maybe that guy you know it, it owes him from the uh, from the from uh, Matt Damon's house. So like right. he literally goes and asks the 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 guy, the welding guy, for eighteen hundred dollars. He's like, look, you know, just I'm just asking you, please. I I, I need eighteen hundred. And the guy's like, why don't you ask for two thousand? It's a round number. He's like, all I need is eighteen hundred. Just you know, please give it to me, and I'll be out of your hair forever. Um. But the guy's all fucking macho and coked up and, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, when, we'll- the, when the guy tells him not to do it and he kind of like gets he like gets right in his face. You can even see that there's, there's a fucking stalactite of cocaine hanging out of his nose because he's been <laughs> yeah. doing so much. So people were like, you know, they thought the, the, the standoff, uh, you know, the Western standoff was a little contrived. And it, it kind of was. But this guy is coked out of his mind. And, you know, if you've been that high on coke, you do feel kind of invincible and like you can do anything. Well, and that's and that's what is like, I don't think like people were like, oh, the whole scene was like stupid and shit. But, but like, no, I'm sure that like a fucking douche douchebag, like macho coked up asshole like that welder guy would think that he's like this fucking gunfighter from the OK Corral. And he's like, oh, this guy's got a fucking 22. What is he going to do against my 45, you know? My Colt Mag, like he, the dude keeps a fucking forty-five on his belt in a holster. He thinks he's a fucking cowboy, like you know. So of course he's gonna try to like challenge him to a duel, and he knows like, oh well, if he shoots me, then I still got my guys to back me up and shoot him, you know, in case. Um, but at what happens is that you just get this incredibly tense scene where it's it's literally a fucking old style, old west style standoff, and Jesse, uh pulls like an old school trick where he's got the other gun in his pocket and he just fucking shoots him through the pocket. Yeah. Little tiny gun. Uh, and uh, then the other guys which, reach which for their in, guns. In real life. It's actually really hard to aim. If you're not looking, it's, it's hard to aim anything while it's in your pocket. Like you, you could roughly, uh, you know, it, it, it's a little bit of a jump of, it's not like Jesse was a marksman to begin with. Um, you know, we only see him, uh, fire a gun one other time. And it was when somebody's face was literally like, point blank in front of him yeah um but just it's sort of fulfilling the, the the mythology that this film is a western if you go if you right now go and google uh, uh westerns on netflix el camino pops up as one of them so I mean, very, absolutely very, yeah yeah <laughs> so very stylistically uh i i feel like this this show's kind of always been a western in some ways but this movie 
in particular. And I think you had some, some other points on that too. Well, I mean, it does take place in the Southwest in the desert, but it, 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 the whole movie does feel like the prototypical kind of hero's journey that we know from so many, you know, Westerns. It, It really just has, it shares the bones of a Western movie where it's just, you know, this reluctant outlaw trying to get away, uh, has to have one more score, but he's not, you know, he's not a, a guy who's going to steal. He just wants what's, what's owed to him to yeah, kind of restitution. Yeah. And he has to and, fucking. And, yeah. And after the for his, battle, you know, yeah. He has to, has to, you know, gun, gun, gunslinger fight at the very end, you know, who's going to draw first. And then literally it's like the, the ending is he rides off into the sunset, so to speak. Yeah. So, and he, you know, burns the factory down, which was a cool scene too. Cause when it, when it cuts to the, uh, the, the flamethrower going oh, on, the, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, cool yeah, the um, uh, the flame torch, uh, on the, the tank of whatever volatile gas, that probably was. helium or oxygen, whatever, you know, it looked like helium tanks, but like you, helium you blow doesn't up blow up, but yeah, uh, it could just be oxygen tank and it would do the same thing, but, uh, just, yeah. just like a, a little, little nod to all the chemistry that he did learn from Walt that he knows. Yeah. Like, which, that was a nice nod yeah, to it. Uh, and plus it's just, you know, like cool guys don't look back at explosions, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you drive off like ruggedly into the sunset with the thing exploding behind you. Um, but that scene was great. Uh, and you know, he goes back, uh, and he, he gets the thing he, you know, the thing he, uh, was asking for from, from vacuum cleaner guy, which is a new life. And he, and he ends up, uh, you know, kind of making his way into Alaska to kind of restart his life, uh, and just have some peace. And he's like, you know, all, all fucking bougie and gentrified and wearing a nice, nice sweater at the end of the movie but yeah the, the white cable knit turtleneck i was just <laughs> i was like oh I, I posted a picture a gif of him driving that fucking whatever car that was uh with, with that outfit on i was like spoiler alert jesse turns into a yuppie <laughs> <laughs> um also just a note on the on the rider truck with the hidden compartment that he was in if you were yeah. in a, a, a coffin size compartment in the back oh, of a God. rider truck with with two space skaters on there. Not only is that a fire hazard, you would be fucking baked to death, roasted, roasted. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no way is it like a like a room size space heater. Like you can't get within five feet of one of those things without burning yourself. For one, one of the one of those like uh, orangey like it glows directional space heaters. Like that's just that's not possible. So uh, I can only we'll, assume. Yeah. I can only assume he like opened it at times to let the cool air in and like went back and forth and oscillated. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Or, or just, you know, you could turn it off while he's in there. So for part of the time, but yeah, I was, I was like, that's a you fucking burn yourself on that thing. You hit a bump and that thing's going to fucking hit your legs and burn. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. a little quibble. Yeah, but for sure that was uh that was that was crazy, but you know, it, and it, it just you know it ends kind of the way the way the series ends, but like in a different in a different way where Jesse's like you know we I, I think the thing that the reason you know the reason this movie had to happen, and I think a lot of people were like oh well, what's the point like it's, this movie was it was fun but it didn't need to happen, but I mean Jesse doesn't really get a ton of closure at the end of Breaking Bad like you see him make it out, but he's also escaping into oncoming cop cars so it's like is he gonna escape is he gonna get caught immediately like you know it's nice to see him get an actual happy ending like to to really know that like jesse's gonna be okay and like he's gonna be you know he's gonna be able to have some semblance of peace in his life 
Um, yeah. Well, and it's just fun to work with people and 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 play those yeah, characters again. Great a to be bit. in that universe again. Like I love just being in that yeah. universe. Of course. So the, the the question, of course, is you know, will you know, it's it's called El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, not the Breaking Bad movie. So the question is, like, will they do another one of these? Will we see? Another conflict, we were speculating on like, well, how could you do another one? What would be the conflict? I, I thought that possibly, you know, the, the this little small group of Nazis that got killed uh, have other Nazi friends that, that want revenge. And they know that... Plenty Nazis to go around in the U.S. these days, so yeah. <laughs> yeah right, right. So that, that could be... Uh, you know, and plus Jesse still knows how to cook meth, right? And, and whoever He's still can very valuable him again... Thing, yeah. Could could very well throw him back in in a in a, in a pit in the ground too. So, um, you know, well, not that I, yeah. I want to. I see the character go through like even more horrible trauma, and not to revisit just the same thing again. But just just the idea that you you couldn't tell more story with this. I think that anybody wouldn't mind seeing more story if there's more story to actually tell. Better Call Saul. They've done five seasons now. Better Call Saul, which is a phenomenal show. It is very much not like breaking bad but is very much good in its own way while you know doing things with these characters that are you know essentially as a prequel uh but it's a totally different kind of show and it's great and and vince gilligan barely has anything to do with it and they've still made it feel like the same world so uh yeah i'd love to see more of it yeah absolutely um me too. As long as the story's there, I, you know, I even, I even speculated like, look, you know, there's still a lot of cartel left in Mexico and obviously Heisenberg and, and Jesse by proxy, you know, along with Gus did a lot to cross them. So I wouldn't be shocked uh, if they yeah, well, came it, for it. Like, sure. And there's a lot of ways to bring him back there, into it. There, there was no drugs in this movie, right? Yeah. There so wasn't was, a single, was, yeah. there was uh, coke I'm, in this movie but there was no blue there was no meth in this movie at all which oh, is the yeah, entire yeah. premise of, of breaking bad which is unbelievable and you don't even think about it until you you, you watch the end of this movie and then i think it occurred to me the other day i was like there's no fucking meth in this movie this movie's about no. a, a meth <laughs> empire or this series was about a meth empire there's not even a mention of meth i don't think in this movie no no there wasn't uh plenty of meth damon in this movie but no actual meth in this movie yeah plenty of him because he's literally like twice the the size he used to be and that's just his head alone uh no fat shaming for jesse plemons he's a national treasure yeah um so yeah vince gilligan said he doesn't plan on doing another one of these but he also says i didn't plan on doing this one either yeah and he said you know how many times do you go back to, to sort of um strike the same mine before you move on to something totally different. Yeah. But again, it's, it's, you know, it's, he, he did say in another interview though, like, look, if the story is there and it strikes me, like I, I, I'm not opposed to doing it again. And jet and Aaron Paul, this is the best role he's ever played and probably will ever play. So he's like, I'll fucking totally do it again. If Vince is on board. Um, so, I mean, there's, you know, there's definitely stories you can tell about Jesse in Alaska, Jesse having to come back, whatever it is. He's still the most wanted man in America. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, there isn't story to tell there uh, for uh, him. But. You don't stay most wanted forever if they can't find you. Like, eventually they, they bump you down the list. If you're He's not a wanted man threat. in America. Put it that way. <laughs> like, yeah. but, um, 
but no, I, and I loved it. I would love to see it again. Um, and you'd uh, see another movie, you know, in, in the Breaking Bad universe. It's, it's a nice way to revisit it every few years without, like, you know, having to reboot the series without Walt and without mm-hmm. so many of the characters. Like, it's probably not oh, feasible. And, and yeah, you get a bigger budget, and they're shooting on you know actual thirty-five millimeter film using much much fancier lenses just the look of this was oh it looked beautiful far, yeah this, i mean breaking bad was always amazingly well filmed or a tv show shot on on super 16 millimeter format well, yeah uh, exactly as as most I mean, amc really revived shooting on 16 millimeter film as the predominant medium for for television and really Walking using down, the, though, right? the uh walking dead mad men yeah i think actually mad men was shot on 35 millimeter um, so to, to give it, really get the, the deeper, rich color, they went with 35 on that, but you know, it shows when you shoot on film, it just looks better. Yeah. No, there's a reason Quentin's such a slave to shooting on film. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it really does, you know, um, but, you, but for sure. And, you know, and I think Vince Gilligan was helped out a lot by, by the amazing scenery and the backdrop that he had, which wasn't even intentional. They just kind of, it was cheap to shoot it in Albuquerque, but it became such a, part integral part of the story and an integral setting like you know just the desert and the proximity to mexico it it, it really it's amazing how how that how well that worked out for him that 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 tax credit decision to shoot in albuquerque oh Um, yeah no and he even he said you know if we shot this in hollywood there's no way we could have kept el camino a secret i mean not that you would shoot it there after shooting Albuquerque, but if you would set the whole thing somewhere there like that, sure. uh, yeah. it wouldn't be able to do this. But so one, a couple uh, loose ends. So the, the scene where they're in the diner, Malt and Jesse was that if you, if you look at the, so the clothes they're wearing, it's the clothes they wore after their very first cook out in the desert. It's the yeah. exact same where clothes, they, right? They so this, is, this is like, and yeah. the, where this Jesse is, fucking leaves the car <laughs> that leaves the RV running. He didn't leave it running. He just left it in the ignition. And or he left the keys and it killed would, the battery. Yeah. Killed the battery. Right. Um, which that, I mean, just that episode alone is just like, Oh my God, just fucking try to figure which, out. If there's so ravenously, by the way, cause they were fucking starved in the desert, you know, for, starved and freezing to death. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Oh, and what was the other one I was trying to get to that? I well, slipped my mind now. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I lost my train of thought now. Huel, yeah. Huel, justice for Huel. Oh yeah, what like is is Huel still sitting in that fucking hotel room waiting for? I mean, I he was instructed to stay there, and everyone that knew he was there is dead. So <laughs> maybe we'll get um, you know uh, L Huel, <laughs> a Breaking Bad movie. <laughs> Finally, see what happened to him. Oh, man. Uh, another another side character, uh, Bill Bill Burr, uh, who was great in the small role he had on on Breaking Bad, who is now also going to be in uh, The Mandalorian, coming out on the the new uh, uh, mostly Star Wars Disney Network. Yeah, uh, should be interesting, especially because he he's always said he he never watched Star Wars and didn't like it. So that was like part of the reason why he got cast. <laughs> <laughs> it was because they're like we don't want a bunch of fan people. We don't want people that are going to be good actors. I'm sure so. ditto for Werner Herzog was like, I don't really get Star Wars. And they're like, great, you're hired. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was like a prerequisite for being on the Mandalorians. Like, I don't really watch Star Wars. Um, yeah, that's going to be good, though. Um, we we hey, might that, also review that. I don't I don't know if we'll, we'll kind of based on how good it is, we'll decide whether we do uh, 
yeah. one review for the whole first season or if we'll do like a single episode thing. That's coming same out pretty much the same time as uh, Watchmen too. So we'll have to kind of... Well, Watchmen actually comes out this Sunday. So we'll, 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 we'll oh. probably be reviewing well, that soon. Well, uh, well. Maybe next Thursday. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah. Or next month. Well, we'll see. Uh, in any event. Yeah. So I... Uh, but, you know, what, what would you give this out of... Uh, you know, we always rate things out of five hammer and sickles. So oh, I'm going to give it a four. You know, it's, it's, it's the, it's not high art. It's a little bit better version of, uh, of, of the breaking bad world technically, but you know, the last three episodes of season five, really I say like the last four episodes, whatever the train one was plus the last three, uh, are, are collectively better than this was like, I would give those a five out of five. I give this a four out of five. Yeah, I think that's fair to say they're, they're collectively, if you want to include like Ozymandias and, and Felina as like a kind of chunk of, of episodes or like a little mini movie, it's probably better than this. But I really just love being back in this. I'll, I, I'll give it a four and a half out of five. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, they, yeah, there was nothing to me. There was nothing bad about this movie or wrong about this movie. It just wasn't. It didn't soar to the heights that the greatest Breaking Bad episodes soared to. No, but it, it also it's, didn't. It's an epilogue. You know, you know there's nothing pivotal yeah. that happens. It's just we needed to have a few more. Yeah, hours, it was just nice to. It was just hours. nice to be back with some old friends for two hours. You know, that's yeah. really what it was. But it was it and was as well done of a movie one, like that could be. Yeah, if this is the last we ever see the character, which I, I doubt it's going to be, because why would they not do more with it? Yeah if they can figure out something to say, um, yeah, you could do a movie about like Jesse comes back to visit skinny Pete and Badger and they go on a fucking cruise in the Caribbean. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd watch that. Watch It'd be that. hilarious. Why? There's no danger at all. They're just having fun getting drunk. It's like, all right, this is fucking, this yeah. rules, you know, and then Somali pirates take over <laughs> the cruise ship. We would take a sequel to once upon a time in Hollywood. That's just, the, 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 you know, Rick Dalton, just Rick. Done, like them just watching TV, drinking beer and, and uh, you know, commenting on what they're watching TV. I watch four hours of that shit. <laughs> so Absolutely. There was a there was a market for men uh, just hanging out, being friends with each other that I think uh, is, is, an, is an untapped um, uh, plot device that would, you know, oh, there's, for sure. there's so much toxicity in the world, so much violence in the world. You know, so many men that don't know how to deal with their emotions that I think just like watching other men have a normal, positive relationship. We do a lot of good in this world. <laughs> yeah. For sure. You know, for sure. Just guys that are like each other, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think we pretty much we covered everything we wanted to cover uh, in El Camino. It was I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it, it, it makes me want to go rewatch Breaking Bad, which is, is probably the best thing I could say about it. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think that about does it for us this week. Uh, you know, check out if you like listening to us talk about movies uh, and you don't listen to our main show, you probably would like us on there. We do uh, political commentary from a leftist socialist perspective uh, and that comes out every Thursday. That's called Move Left Idiots every Thursday night. You can find that in the same place you're finding this. Uh, we are on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash move left. You can find us on Apple podcasts and we appreciate if you rate review and subscribe over there. Cause that helps us out in the rankings. We, uh, 
are on Facebook. If you want to chat over there, it's facebook.com slash move left idiots. We are on uh, Patreon. If you want to support the show that way, patreon.com slash move left. If you want to pick up any merch, tinyurl.com slash move left merch. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. And I'm on twitter.com at smut collector with an ER, not an OR. Yep. And we will see you next time. Someone new to talk to Oh yeah, alright I'm feeling kind of lonely too If you don't mind Can I sit down here beside you Oh yeah, alright If I seem to come on too strong I hope that you will understand Say these things cause I'd like to know if you're as lonely as I am And if you'd mind sharing the night together Sharing the night together